Welcome to the Georgetown Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where we share sermons from our most recent worship services. To learn more about GBC, please visit us online at georgetownbaptist.org. Our scripture this morning is Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod... After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem and the land of Judea, Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me words that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Well, friends, a few days ago, I witnessed something that I have actually never, ever seen before, and it was a rocket launch. Our family spent the last week in Florida with Brian's family. And one night, Zoe and I were settling into the hotel room while Brian was with family. I get a text from him in all caps, and you know it's serious when it's all caps, that he uh, texted, go outside immediately, rocket launch. Well, because we'd never seen one before, Zoe and I grabbed our shoes, we hustled out the door as fast as we could to our balcony, and quickly to see, there it was, a literal rocket, and this is actually from that night. Terry found a much better picture than I found. Um, A literal rocket climbing towards the sky beside, as you see, a very big moon that evening. Well, and this, uh, this rocket is um, similar to one that was launched, I guess, off and on uh, in Cape Canaveral. And so it was mesmerizing to watch because we couldn't see it as clear as this, but it looked like a cloud, a bright cloud that was just climbing and climbing and climbing until it simply disappeared. 
And of course, as soon as Zoe and I got back in the room, I grabbed my phone and wanted to search and find as much as I could about this rocket. And I'm sure this is commonplace if you live in Florida to look up to the night sky or day sky and see a rocket in the sky. But other than movies and television shows, I have never seen something like this to see the sky that is so dark to light up with what looks like a cloud raising and raising into the night sky. Well, what I found out was that this was a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket launching from Cape Canaveral with an X-37B space plane for the United States Space Force. And I understand all of that just as much as I understand eccentric billionaires and their space race. But what a perfect thing to witness as today we look to the skies ourselves to notice something new that has appeared, a new light that is beginning to twinkle in the inky black sky. For the wise men in Matthew, they do not get a big angelic proclamation like we heard from Mary and Zechariah and even for the shepherds. That these wise men, these magi are simply doing their jobs, watching the sky each night, interpreting the stars as they seem to move when something new interrupts their view. A star that is so bright and brilliant that it could be explained no other way than a new king has been born. And so simply from noticing this new light in the sky, they drop everything in their lives to follow it, absolutely assured that something most special and rare will be at the end of this journey. And they go, because they're expecting royalty, they brought gold. And because they were expecting this king to also be a deity who made the star appear, they brought a perfume, frankincense. And because they were expecting a king, they brought an anointing oil of myrrh. And though these sound like a really odd combination of gifts to bring, these gifts are actually recorded in ancient inscriptions of a king that offered these three things to the god Apollo nearly 250 years before. Even the prophet Isaiah tells of Jerusalem's restoration, including kings who will, quote, bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord in Isaiah 60. And perhaps this still won't convince us enough to bring these three gifts to newborns in our own lives, but the Magi were apparently bringing what they knew to bring to a new king, a new deity, new royalty. They brought things that would be of value to worship, to anoint. Matthew tells us that these men rejoiced as their journey comes to an end when the star stops over the place where this new king, where Jesus was to be found. 
For they had been following this star for months and maybe even years, all the way to Jerusalem, where they expected to find the king in the palace. But these travelers brought their gifts, brought their wonder, brought all of these expectations to a king that I imagine was quite unexpected. I always wonder what surprise they might have had when they enter not a glorious palace, but a humble home to find not rich fabrics everywhere, but instead baby blankets everywhere. They don't find a table filled with decadent food fit for royalty, but instead, I imagine the equivalent of ancient sippy cups. They don't find a regal king, but instead they find a toddler. And surely they had to exchange glances of whether these gifts in hand were really the best thing to offer. But this whole journey, this whole gift giving, all of this begins simply because a new light shows up in the sky. And how well did each of these magi know the dark night sky that they could immediately notice something new. Every day, every night, they are scanning the vast black blanket, and they know when something is different, a new star, a new light breaking through that isn't a planet. It isn't something they just hadn't noticed before and overlooked, but that it was something that signaled a new king, a new beginning, light breaking in and beginning to shine ever so brightly. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, this Advent and Christmas season has been a bit melancholy for me. And maybe that's part of getting older and adding years to your life, that you take notice of things around you, of pain that is present no matter what the season is, that it might be the most wonderful time of the year, but we know that it can still be full of loneliness, of heaviness, of suffering even. But from Thanksgiving on, even as twinkly lights began to show up on trees and on houses, everything for me has just felt a little dark. Horrific war and genocide on the news and even as you scroll. Knowing of those who are walking with loved ones, who are battling for their lives through addiction and mental health crises, of friends who are holding their breath as they await medical test results or even absorbing a new diagnosis, and even those who find that the darkness of depression and even the grief of the first or the third or the twelfth Christmas without someone so overwhelming 
that it's hard to simply function and let alone feel holly and jolly. But honestly, this season for me has been a very weird time of holding the tension. The tension of the darkness and the pain that seems to be everywhere. But at the same time, the light and the joy that is all around too. And maybe it's been like this for you as well. Maybe you too needed to see the growing glow of the Advent wreath candles grow brighter week after week after week. And yet, Christ has come. Christ is born. And like the Magi, we notice something new this Christmas tide. Light is breaking through the heaviness, the inky darkness. And that light is breaking through because the light of the world has come to us again. Light that shows up not in places of power, but instead in a manger. Light that appears not as a king in the palace, but instead shows up to shepherds in the fields. Light that has come to signal the start of something new. Light that has come to break the darkness. This could not be better on cue. But let us not mistake light's presence as a means of making all things better, all things fine, all things perfect with a snap. We know better, and after all, even in this very story, young Jesus and his family are forced to flee, to become refugees in Egypt, to escape a maniacal king who even the wise men recognize as such. But light beginning to break in, gives us hope that the darkness won't last forever. Light breaking in gives us peace that we are not alone. Light breaking in that gives us joy and deep joy that can still be found. Light breaking in that gives us love, that Christ joins us wherever we are, whether in loneliness or laughter, in grief or contentment. That light doesn't simply drive out all of the darkness, but instead maybe helps us to see more clearly, to see each other, to see ourselves, to see Christ ever with us. And we might not receive a choir of angels coming to tell us that God is with us, but rather find God with us in the stars, in light, in bread and cup, in ordinary things, in each other. A tradition that many churches have been adopting is around this season of Epiphany, which is a very fancy way of saying celebrating the star and the wise men that followed it. 
But during this season of making star words available, and as you may have seen if you came in by the baptistry today, our baptistry is covered with star words as we give this a whirl. Because on each of the glittering stars is written a word, a word that we invite you to let guide you through the year ahead. And maybe your word will be patience or beauty or compassion, but we invite you to see this star as the Magi saw this star so long ago as a bright beacon in the sky, calling them, calling us to something new. Let this word that you take or choose be used by God's Spirit to encourage you, to challenge you, to comfort you as you journey into the who knows what of the year ahead. Let this word transform you. And as you leave today, we invite you to take one, not only for the word, but also for the reminder that indeed, the light of the world is breaking into the darkness. And friends, this morning, whether you are basking in the warm glow of light, or even if you're finding that you're fumbling a bit through the darkness today, know that the light of the world, well, that, that light has come for you. Because in the story of God's kingdom, Herod doesn't prevail. The darkness doesn't remain forever. But instead, the light, the light of God, the light of Christ will always, always, always break in. And thanks be to God.